The human male never seems to progress past adolescence. You want don't you? It's a trap! Welcome to the Comic Trope. The Comic Trope usually is a podcast about comic books and the culture that surrounds it. But today, as we have done in separate podcasts all about Star Wars, we're going to talk about Episode 6, because I, me, Blake, I've only seen it now three times. So I've seen it two times before. I watched it again last night, and I've invited my friends, Amos. Matatuto. You can't say my whole name. Amos, I can't say his whole name. What are you doing? <laughs> Sorry. Amos, I can't say his whole name, Walter. Because for some reason I can't. Who, what possible reason could I have for caring? But for some reason I do. I don't know why. And um, David. Privacy concerns. And David uh, Marmaduke um, Pepperoni Slice. Yep. The full name, D- DMP. Marmaduke Pepperoni Slice. Yep. Pepperoni Slice. Pepperoni Slice. It's, it's one word, so you have to, I don't know. So, yeah, so I guess you've, re- I feel like we haven't done one of these in a little while, so, but anyone who's listening gets the idea. Yeah. We're I, just going to talk about Return of the Jedi. I'm not, and I'm not, oh yeah, that's what it's called. Episode six, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Return of the Jedi. Um, and we're recording on some Blue Yetis. And hey. we're drinking drinks out of a Yeti. Mm-hmm. And I am hairy like a Yeti. So <laughs> everything is everything is in line. But before we get into a pretty good movie, let's do a Hothbreaker. Wait, what sound does the uh, Wampa? Not the Wampa. What is it? The thing the called? Tauntaun? Ta- no, not the Tauntaun. Wampa. The, yeah, Wampa. Okay. It's just a, I, it's I mix just the growl. two up all the it's time. Just a, it's just a, a growl. Okay. Like it's a feral yeah. growl. I guess the Tauntaun has a more iconic sound. <clears throat> yeah, and it. You know what's weird is the Tauntaun sounds so much to me like the probe droid. Yeah. Or the one of them scout is, droid. Well, it, it's hard to do with your voice because one of them is distinctly robotic. Yeah. And the other one is distinctly more goat-like. Yeah. But the human voice is somewhere in between a robot and a goat. <laughs> so they both come out That's just science. Same. Everybody knows that the our human voice, is as almost, any scientist will tell you, is somewhere between robot and goat. <laughs> That's true. If you've ever met a robot goat, it sounds you like... You have a cooler life than I do. Yeah. It sounds like a person. Yeah. Um, goats do yell. They do. That's oh, yeah. the, the Taylor. The, I mean, the, this the Taylor the, Swift goat. I mean, the Playing internet. On the cold yeah. hard ground. Eh. That one. The Taylor Swift goat. There's a the Taylor Swift song where, like, in between, where she's like, "Yeah," like in between her lines, instead of having that it's just a goat going. Oh. Ah. Okay. Did you see? You know, you may have sent it to me. I don't, I don't remember. Maybe I saw this on Twitter. It's a video. It's a uh, the scene from the end of Phantom Menace where. Um, Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, they're fighting Darth Maul, and every sound of lightsabers hitting each other is replaced with the sound of Owen Wilson going, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen that <laughs> one. Wow. 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 Yeah. Well. I don't know what that <laughs> Yours was. Yours is more Kermit the Frog. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that, someone needs to do that. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, oh. <laughs> 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 um, so here's my Hothbreaker. Which would you rather fight? 15 Ewok sized stormtroopers or oh, four so adorably menacing stormtrooper sized Ewoks. Are you I'd easily fight the storm, the Ewok sized stormtroopers because if there's anything we know about stormtroopers, that's totally inept. Yeah. 
and just make them half their size. I don't think they get somehow like awesome. That's useless. They won't be able to hit you and you can kick them pretty much as far as you want. Stormtrooper size Ewoks are basically, yeah, it's almost a Wookiee or like a bear for that matter. It's like almost (laughs) a a grizzly of some sort. Okay. Well, Wookiees are much bigger than humans though. They're, yeah, they're very, they, they're like um, seven feet, eight feet. Um, I'm trying to think of, I could just say Shaquille O'Neal, but I'm trying to think of Ingenats. No, not Ingenats, or it's a guy that played for NC State. Who's the basketball ter- player who was super Did you almost tall? say basketball terrorist? The, who's the basketball tater? Yao Ming? No, not Yao Ming. <laughs> Yao Ming? Yao Ming works too. He was like seven feet tall. I assume he is. I don't think he's dead. Um, the still Chamberlain? Are you really no. asking me basketball questions? I, I mean, clearly this is our comics and Star Wars podcast. He's... <laughs> He's very famous. He's dead now, I think. He was super tall. He was African. Um, to narrow it down slightly. No. almost. I, I mean, not that he's black. That he's literally from Africa. No, no, no. I got <laughs> yeah. you. I got you. Uh, it doesn't matter because it's still basketball. Yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> super tall guy. Played for NC State. Looked no, like a not, Wookiee. not a guy that played for NC State. Looked like a Wookiee? Is that where we're getting Didn't at? Didn't look like a Wookiee. Just tall. Just yeah, tall just, like just a Wookiee. Just a tall guy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was a stretch. Is that an, is that like a tall joke? No, I totally forgot where I was going. Got it. So I thought that that might be an easy Hothbreaker, so I had a backup one just in okay. case. Here's my backup Hothbreaker. Also, Jabba the Hutt autocorrects to Jana the Hutts. I don't know why. Jabba the Hutt love slave, or you have to perform Jedi Rock every night. What? Wait, perform Jedi Rock? What does that mean? The, the scene from uh, Jabba's Palace where they rock out. Oh, that song is called Jedi Rock. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. But Jedi Rocks. I would very, very much rather perform some weird song than be Jabba the Hutt's love slave. These are both very easy, is what I'm saying. Well, I mean, you do. I mean, he does get choked out by a love slave, so there's a chance that you won't be a love slave anymore. But you're going to have to perform this song forever. I mean, it's kind of a catchy song. Ooh. Can I do the who da di ba da ba do? Here's the real question though. Would you rather would you rather take your chances in the Rancor pit or be a love slave to Jabba Hut only to wake up to find Salacious Crumb jerking you off? <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait. Sorry guys. Is that the gremlin? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, his name his name is Salacious Crumb, and that's one of the weirder names. What does Salacious mean? Uh like I think salacious means scintillate or uh, like titillating, yeah, titillating, like like scandalously titillating, yeah. like that sort of thing. Okay, it means weird little gremlin that goes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, guys, I think we're. Um... My favorite thing about Salacious Crumb, though, the T. I think this was the THX remastered videotapes, you know, that came out in yeah. the early nineties, mid nineties. There's a little clip um, at the beginning of the tape. It's sort of a making of, you know, the original trilogy. Mm. And there's a moment, and when I was a little kid, I thought this was the funniest thing in the world. It's Salacious Crumb looks into the camera and goes, hello out there in TV land. And it's like, it's just a guy <laughs> talking through that face. And I just thought that was funny <clears throat> for some reason. Salacious Crumb. Yep. Pour one I, out for that guy. I think that I promised that I would do my Salacious Crumb a long time ago because we... Touched on him, I think, at some point in time. I ain't uh, touching on that weird little monkey. I know, right? Uh, he's like a he's like a like a parrot monkey. Yeah, he's he's a lot like Niddler from. Yeah, uh, he from, is a lot like Niddler. From, uh, 
Pirates of Dark Water. Um, somehow both less and more annoying. Yeah. <laughs> so you got what you're saying is that you have an impersonation that's I spot just on. did it, actually. All right. I just did it. I'm going to hear this again. I'll do it when we get to the part. To the part? All right. I want to yeah. put you on the spot. All right. So we're migrating away from Hothbreakers. Okay. So let's talk about Star Wars. <laughs> Pigs in space. This is, this is one of the first films I ever saw in theaters. Really? Yeah. Did this come out in 1983? Mm-hmm. You saw it when you were three years old? Two years old. Two years old. That's Damn, you're old. Um, <laughs> I was negative too. I saw. I, I it was this and ET. I don't remember ET too much, but I do remember this, like bits and pieces of it. And I also remember waiting for it to come out on VHS because back in those days it was years before stuff came to home video. Uh, now I'm thinking, what was the first movie I remember seeing in a theater? I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wanting to say Batman Two, <laughs> but I was I was like five mine. Or six mine was by the time. Ghostbusters Two. Okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when did that come out? 1988. Okay, then that makes sense. Yeah, it was Ghostbusters Two is the first that I remember. Maybe Jurassic Park. I definitely remember seeing Jurassic Park in the theater. And I definitely remember seeing Batman 2, the Tim Burton. All of those are movies that I think really pushed the theater to its limits, too. Like it wasn't. Jurassic Park definitely felt that. I mean, not that I knew anything, but. I was 12 when that movie came out. And I I saw it. It was, I think it was the first movie that I, I actively went and saw multiple times. You know what this is making me think is. No one listening can see us, but I would venture to guess that if any person took a look at Dave and myself, they would assume that Dave is like ten years younger than me, and you're actually like five years older than me. Well, people are people often think that I'm around forty, and I feel like I would guess you were twenty seven, maybe. Right. So he's yeah. got, but he's got the youth forever, though. Yeah, I drink. Well, I, just, I have a unicorn chained up in the basement, and at night I poke a hole in his neck and drink from it. It's no big deal. Anyone can do if it. If that's a Harry Potter <laughs> thing, stop because I'm still reading them and I don't I want don't to. Think that, I just made that up. It just I don't sounded like a Harry Potter a... thing. Wait, there is a unicorn. Anyway, we're totally off track. No, now. we'll we'll watch Harry Potter oh. later and talk about it. So, Sweet. so Return of the Jedi, originally titled Revenge of the Jedi, which is why Episode Three is called Revenge of the Sith. Hmm, that makes sense. Jabba uh, Nobata. It, it so, was it was Revenge of the Jedi way, 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 way right up until the release of it. They were sending out posters. The original trailers were all Revenge of the Jedi. They didn't decide on return uh, until very late in the game. That's so weird because that seems like the most obvious thing. I mean, a Jedi shouldn't be into revenge. Right. Duh. What's the deal there? But I think a lot of it was still... You know, George crafting the the mythos, the narrative. Yeah, too. I, I suppose. And he just, well, I mean, and, and rightly so. He got you know towards it, and the studio liked Revenge a lot because it, it's you know it's exciting. Sounds, it more sounds like an Errol Flynn movie. You know, sure. Errol Flynn. That's not something you're going to hear too often uh, <laughs> on your traditional millennial podcast. But there's, I guess George at one point towards the the end of production was like, you know this. This does not. This is not flow at all. This is not. This doesn't jive. Yeah, this doesn't jive. It's uh, it will not stand, man. This aggression, you know. This aggression will not stand. It's kind of George Lucas's voice. Almost. Tell yeah. me a little bit about the time gap between five and six. It is kind of unclear sometimes. Like there are certain things 
that make you, okay, like, uh, Luke clearly becoming way stronger in the force and way more confident in himself makes you think it's been a few years, but it definitely hasn't. I don't actually know, but it's no more than yeah, m- it's, months. It's six months to a year, I think, okay. in between. And you could probably go back, and, and even though it's not canon now, there was a book that was a huge deal in the mid-90s. Uh, I guess it would have been 1996. Yeah, 96. The end of 96, there was a huge marketing uh, blitz that uh, Lucasfilm did called Shadows of the Empire. Oh, yeah. And Shadows of the Empire is a story that takes place between The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And it details everything that happened uh, that transpired between the two. And it's not canon anymore. It's part of uh, Legends. which it's is canon the- in my heart. Because that N64 game is awesome. Yeah. Canon in my heart when I'm with you. <laughs> yes. Shadows of the Empire. Yes, it's true. <laughs> that guy's name was Dax Rendar. Is da- that right? Dax Rendar. Dash. So Dash. dreamy. Dash Rendar. Dash Rendar is a terrible name. The Shrendar. I am the Shrendar. He, uh, he flew a Karelian uh, freighter that was... It uh, was awesome. It was uh, the out, Outrider. Yeah, something like that. Um, that was... Similar to the Millennium Falcon, but it had a smaller profile and it would flip. It had a, like yeah. a B wing. It had an axis yeah. that would flip on. The um, bad guy was pretty cool too. Shizor. Shizor. Is, I like his ship. X I Z O R. Uh, he was the head of a mercenary group, uh, like an un, like a criminal syndicate called the Black Sun, and he was trying to overthrow Vader to become the hand, the right hand of the Emperor, basically. And so you have this. It was great because it wasn't just the story focused on the rebels and tracking down Han Solo and trying to get him back and stay on the run and the move from the uh, the Empire. But it was also about Darth Vader and his, you know, we've seen a lot since they've, they've since Disney's picked up the property and, and started fleshing all that out. But his turmoil with ensuring that no one else came between him and the Emperor. So it's that's a pretty good book. I mean, I. I think if you went back and read it now, it probably would be slightly cheesy, but it was a huge deal. If you were even remotely into Star Wars at the end of 1996, there was the game, the book, the comic book adaptation, action figures. It was a a big deal. Also, Boba Fett was featured pretty prominently in it because it was about them trying to track down Boba Fett. Which Um, is good because when you think about it, watching the movies, he doesn't do shit. No. He basically looks menacing and then dies. Yeah. Which I have notes on that, and we'll get to it later. Okay. So let's talk about the opener. I thought that the camera work at the very beginning um, was pretty impressive. Not only just the the what is it? It opens with a star destroyer or whatever flying towards um, the unfinished Death Star. Death Star, and uh, I don't know. It's just the tone of it was dark and big when we see Darth Vader um, walking out of that ship after it lands in the death star and the, like the panning and how it's used to show how big that freighter room is done really well. I mean, you, you really get an idea of how big this spaceship is. I, I was very impressed because it didn't feel the same as the previous movies. Right. That's what I was going to, add is you i mean i don't really know the finances of it, but you do get a sense from a new hope it's a similar background to death star to return of the jedi their budget and art direction everything has has matured a lot and there's a lot more going on yeah i mean 
from the very beginning, I was gripped. I was like, oh, this is different. And then throughout the whole film, I, I thought that the the bad guys, everything was much more shadow and dark and um, and powerful. And it's so different than the like how the prequels were filmed. Yeah. Like the tone of this film is just like, these guys are badass. And I never, even though there was a lot more CGI and a lot more like cool explosions in the prequels, like I never, they never felt menacing ever. And this did. Well, the so. menace was a phantom, so you couldn't see it. Oh, yep, yo. Uh, yeah, I mean, you 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 do get a really great uh, sense of the scale of of the Death Star itself, as Amos mentioned. Uh, but that's a great place to talk about the fact that this movie has some of the most convincing and most beautiful um, matte paintings I've ever seen in a film. Yeah, yeah, we were watching it the other night, and I made a joke about after. Han and I'm jumping way ahead, but after Han and uh, Lando have their goodbye before Lando oh, takes yeah, that's off, that's the most noticeable yeah. painting in the film. <laughs> I was like, Lando's like, Don't all worry. right, I'm just gonna go walk off into this painting. <laughs> she she won't get a scratch. Yeah, <laughs> and he just bursts through the canvas. <laughs> like he's a high school football player like, right. running out to the field. <laughs> Two sprots missions in one one episode. <laughs> I still don't understand the the big black backwards baseball hats that all of the engineers wear. I knew you were going to, I, as soon as I put it on and you know, I got to that scene, I was like, Blake is going to have to break this down. I don't know. It's just the look. It's kind of dumb looking the rebel, um, you know, the rebel soldiers in a new hope also had those like way too big helmets. Dave got closest to explaining to me why they might need it. And that's to shield the back of their necks when they're getting shot at as they run away. Well, <laughs> and the Death Star technicians sit with the turbo laser directly behind them. Yeah. Could, yeah. Maybe it shield shields them from, them from radiation. radiation. Yeah. yeah. That's reasonable. I think that's reasonable, but boy, does it look silly. I don't know. And I, that's why Darth helmet is, a th- you know, in space, you've seen space balls, right? We yeah, talked yeah, about, yeah. yeah. All the guys have those giant ping pong ball helmets. Yeah, it's it's silly. We get to see old Moff Jurgerod pretty pretty early on in this. He's the, the he's, commanding officer that walks up to Vader. As he's he the guy who's like, the, but we can't do it. More or less, yes. And we then double our efforts. He's like, then you will do it or not. <laughs> I don't know. His I, I, version of I love, do or do not. I love his because he protests. He, he's standing in front of Vader, who he knows will murder you if you fail him or disappoint him. And he's okay with that. So he's he's probably a pretty decent, you know, has some decent backbone. But he says something to the effect of, I need more men. And then Vader says, well, then you can tell the Emperor once he arrives. Sheevy. He, he immediately goes, the Emperor is coming here? <laughs> he has a mini stroke. Yes. And he is most displeased with your apparent lack of progress. And then immediately it's like, we should double our efforts. Yeah. <laughs> He gets in line pretty fast. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. And that gives you a sense because you've never and it's a really great early scene for this movie because you've never outside of the the visage of the emperor in episode 5, you've never seen him. You don't know, you know how people are afraid of Darth Vader, but you don't really know what to think about this person and how he's thought of in the rest of the empire and you get really quickly, okay, people are scared to fucking death of this guy. Yeah, it's weird, you know, given you know, everybody's seen the prequels now, and, and we're much more familiar with the arc of that character. Right. But when Return of the Jedi came out, you'd only seen a hologram of the Emperor. So this is the first time you see the character. 
And yeah, he is, he, he's not necessarily imposing because he's a frail old man, but everyone is terrified of him. Well, I think I have a better appreciation of how badass Palpatine is seeing the prequels. So the, the like knowing the, that he can pick up a Senate seat and flip it around like a prisoner. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, not just that, but I, I think more that you know that he is, um, Conniving as hell. Conniving. I mean, he played he's, the galaxy. He's political to an extent that no one else is. And he understands how people think and work. And I think that that's scary. Much different than if you had just seen the um, four, five, and six and just think of him as like the man behind the curtain. Like that's right. not as scary as a, like a very crazy galactic dictator i don't know well yeah and that's that's again that's why the scene is so great not necessarily because you get a really great vader scene which it is but the instant that the emperor's name is even muttered this guy who apparently is totally cool to to sack up to darth vader immediately retreats right he's like oh okay all right well yeah he, he talks to vader almost like they are peers in the, in the same way that uh tarkin Talks to Vader. Tarkin or um, the guy that he chokes out, uh, General Taj. Yeah. Let's go to Jabba's Palace. That's it. Yeah. Hooray! So Jabba's Palace is on... Uh, Tatooine. Tatooine, which we have been to many a time before. Yep. Uh, it's a desert planet. You're going to die here, you know. Yep. That's a good line. Um, I really like Jabba. <laughs> He's a fun character. Is just so different than what we see when it opens up. We get like this dark, like science fiction space kind of exploration, very cold, very Apple store. And (laughs) then we go to a, like a fantasy world where a giant slug has slave girls and makes people dance to bad music. Like it's, it's fun or dance to awesome music. I will not have the Max Rebo band besmirched in my presence, sir. Even if half of them are now CG. Yeah. Right, yeah. Well, we can talk about the two different songs as well here in a second. But so um, we got the two robots who roll up. Droids. To, yep. Two droids. Droid bots who roll up to um, Jabba the Hutt. Pretend that they are gifts uh, unbeknownst to them. So pretend. that. Well, oh, gifts. Oh. Gifts yeah. unbeknownst to 3PO. R2 goes into that very right. much knowing exactly what this is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought you were saying like they're gifts like GIFs like. The moving picture file, yeah. Uh, Blake, did you notice when they first walk into the palace as the door is shutting behind them, there's that spider thing that, that crawls behind them? Oh! oh, no, I didn't notice that. So that is a a a character that they fleshed out like in, in the years since. But it's a really fascinating character. It's it's called B. Omar Monk. What's it look like? So it's a it's a jar with spider legs, and it, it crawls across. Was it the thing that opened the door for them? No, 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 no. no. Okay. That's Ichu watching Plinka, or whatever his name is. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the door thing has a name? No, I, I don't actually know its name, but Ichu watching Plinka. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does have a name. It's got Europe. a it's got a serial designation because it's it's also a droid. Uh, but no, there's like a it's just real spindly legs, and there's okay. a, like an abdomen suspended below it. It's a fishbowl with a brain inside of it, and it's this group of monks who are basically like ascetics who, for the final transformation, they remove their minds, put them in these containers, essentially. The the, the liquid around it keeps their brains preserved, and they live like this ultimate life of 
like minimalism on these like spider legs that carry them around. It's like robotic spider legs. And it just looks like a big ass weird spider with a brain, but there's this whole backstory to them and they just dwell in the palace because they're lost and they don't really have much of a, a purpose beyond just existing. And that's weird. the thing about one of the cool things about star Wars now is every single character that you see and not even character, just background face has some kind of story now. Right. Great, because I have some questions about the weird-ass people we're introduced to. Right. First of all, um, Snake Penis Neck. Bib Fortuna? Is that the guy, yeah. the pink thing? That He's, he's a Twi'lek. He's yeah. a Twi'lek. What the fuck is a Twi'lek? The slave girl is also... Ula. Yeah, so they have some weird sexual dimorphism going on because the male looks like a creepy demon, and the female is a lady with you know trunks coming out of her head. And also colors, they have different skin colors. They're weird looking. But not as weird looking as the Bebop. um, (laughs) Oh, like Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah, from Ninja Turtles shows up, like the the half pig desert. Oh, Gamorrean guards, Gamorrean guards. Are they all pigs? Well, they're they're that race, they're Gamorrean. And they're all guards. Yep, they're pretty dumb. Yeah, yeah? Okay. I love how, I've always been really impressed with, they might be suits, right? They're prosthetic suits that a person is wearing, but they look really fleshy because they've got like snot that comes out of their nose and they've got really good facial animation. It, it all looks very real, which again is a testament to the fact that, you know, for a 1983 movie, this has some of the best visual effects that I've ever seen. I mean, the, yeah, the, the puppetry really adds Jim Henson, man. Well, at this point it would have been Brian Henson, but yeah. Really? He didn't work on it? Jim? Yeah. I think he was dead by 1983, wasn't he? No, he died in 1991. Really? Yeah. Damn, I thought it was much earlier than that. Yeah, he was still... Oh, that's right, because he did uh, Labyrinth is after Return of the Jedi. He at least made it through that. Yeah. So Luke sold his droids out. Yep. He basically uses them as uh, splinter cells. (laughs) Sleeper agents, I guess you could say. Well, R2 anyways. Yeah, Um, I don't know about... C-3PO really didn't need to be there necessarily. (laughs) Never trust C-3PO. Though, and I'll get to it later... I might argue that he is the in unintentional hero of this the movie. Linchpin. Um, so laughing gremlin, I have that written down. Salacious crumb. And I believe we're here. So you might give us your salacious crumb again. I'm going to do it whenever we get to the part where they go to escape the sail barge, because I have the exact line. Okay. You got that it. He gives got it. after he gets shocked in the ass. Everyone, everyone's going <laughs> to be waiting for this. <laughs> what? So how do you torture a robot? Because apparently yeah. you can torture a robot. That, I mean, so so you've seen them all recently at this point. We've talked about all of them, all the movies. The droids have personalities. It's not always consistent. It's never necessary or makes sense. It could kind of make sense in C-3PO's case, but not even really. It's just a thing in Star Wars. Droids are basically people. Which is interesting that they have some kind of like nervous system. That- right. Yeah, it makes no sense that... You could flip a droid over and burn its feet, and it would go, ah! But, but man, it's hilarious. Right. Also, I think that droid was made out of a trash can. It's a gonk droid, isn't it? <laughs> Is that what they're called? Well, gonk yeah. Droid? Well, the uh, one of those droids can be seen on the Sandcrawler in A New Hope. It just walks around going, gonk. Right, okay. Gonk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, um, I like the one who, the droid who's in charge in that nightmare pit. EVD-99. Jesus Christ. 
Okay, EVD ninety nine. Oh yeah, it was really cool. He reminded me of the Crypt Keeper. It's e, a, yeah. <laughs> e, I think it's just EV nine D nine. I think that's what Serial it is. Mama will do. Yeah, you're a feisty little one, right. but you'll soon learn some respect. <laughs> yes we, or no? We, we have looks need like an of you. Old person with Parkinson's. He's just sort of shaking. Anyway, I think it's a female personality too. How do you figure? Uh, usually whenever you see, uh, that droid, I mean, I guess technically it's an it, but whenever right. they refer to EV-99, they say she or her. Oh, okay. You're a feisty little I one. I guess if you're a droid, you can just pick respect. which gender that you want to, uh. Well, a human can do that too, Blake. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, in here, especially. The floor is me assuming your gender. <laughs> um. <laughs> so. Dave made sure he wasn't touching it. <laughs> they, they get sold into whatever servitude um and droiditude droid they're doing the same thing they do anywhere else yeah, yeah. Um, r2 doesn't seem like he really cares we're not sure what r2 has to do but we do know that c3po has to be um the translator for job of the hut yeah well we and know then, that he has need of r2 on the master sail barge <laughs> right uh, how okay the shelf life of a droid i would assume if if we had droids today a droid would be kind of like a car or a it's Roomba. A big well, but even more so because because know, well, yeah, better materials. And a room only cleans your floor. A yeah, sure. C three PO can do all kinds of things. It would probably be a something that you, you probably buy if you're like sort of comfortable middle class. You maybe buy four or five droids in your life. C three PO and R two D two are like forty five plus years old at this point, mm-hmm. and they're still functioning pretty well. Those are very well-made droids. They have been taken apart a few times and put back together, though. Well, yeah. 3PO certainly has so, been. And after every major conflict, they're usually given a nice a spruce, sprucing up. Right. An oil bath. Yeah, you think... Thank I mean, the major. Just think about what you could do with your body if you could take it apart and clean it. <laughs> I'm so glad I can't. That's disgusting. I would definitely clean this colon out. Squeaky clean. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the dances. So we get to. So we're talking about the Jedi rock song. This okay, is. So did you see the special edition? I have watched both versions of okay. the dance. Okay. And that's what I'm getting to. Okay. Because I know from just listening to people bitch and complain about stuff that this is something that comes up. The differences between the two dances is probably the most pronounced. Thing of all the special edition changes. And before, and before I get your, your opinions on it, I'm going to give you mine because it's not as, uh, I haven't rooted, thought about as, it it's as, not as, as It's not as rooted in a childhood memory. Yeah. Yeah. I have. That's fair. Um, I think that the song, the newest song is better, mm. but the CGI is so awful and so ridiculous in the in the new song that it makes it not as good. So I even though the original um puppet is probably one of the shittiest puppet Jim Henson's ever done. Like all it is is like the size noodles. Yeah, it's like it's got a snout and it's kind of moving its lips on the snout and it's like not moving at all really. It's just like and it's got little very little frog titties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's it's awful. It's like so you make a good point talking about the weird spider brain thing. We've got like a walking pig. We have all of these amazing puppets, and then when it and then like they're like, well, what are we gonna do with this like extra fabric that we have? Huh? Just kind of put some lips on it and make it sing a song. Well, he he George Lucas has said in that whole scene from the original depiction, 
that puppet was one of the most disappointing things to him. That they just couldn't do what he wanted it to be able to do. He wanted it to be able to move around the stage and actually perform. And, of course, if you've seen the original, it, it's kind of stuck to that mic and it just kind of shakes back and forth a little. It looks like something at Chuck E. Cheese. Yes. If the people who created Chuck E. Cheese were on acid the whole time. Wait, the people... Well, because Chuck E. Cheese is a... Oh, by the way, you know what Chuck E. Cheese's middle name is? You know Entertainment. That, Entertain, his name Charles. is Charles Entertainment. Have we talked about I this on the podcast? I think we talked about it on the podcast. It's I, still blowing I, I my mind. I think I brought it up before, because it's one of my favorite facts about all that. Charles it's, Entertainment it's Cheese. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, if you made those characters and you were seriously fucked up in the head, you might make Size Noodle, because um, she's terrifying. Yeah, but Max so, Rebo. I Max Rebo is great. I had a Max Rebo uh, doll, like a plush toy yeah, when yeah, I was yeah. a kid, and I loved that. So the original song felt more like a Clash song. I hardly remember it. I mean, I remember it. It, it had some movement. <laughs> it, it just felt more. It, it was. Yeah, well, it wasn't as um, developed. It was kind of more background music. punk rock, funk. Yeah, and yeah. the new one is like a pop song. Oh, the new one is a whole, yeah, it's a whole thing. It's uh, called Goonite. <laughs> Goonite! Ah! Well, the best part is, is when he, he comes, he's like, Goonite! Oh, right. And then the, he, the little, the little fucking, like, frog caterpillar, like, that has the harmonica, like, yeah. picks it up and he, like, puts it to his mouth and starts to play. He's like, no, 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 no. Goonite! <laughs> like, not the other Goonite <laughs> frog caterpillar. You need to play that shit. <laughs> Goonite! Yeah, all of a sudden they're like, oh, he wants this version. See, I, I really like that song. I, I like, like, you've got the female Rodian and they're doing their background vocals and. The little hovering mics, little backup yeah, mics that hover. I, I mean, the CGI is bad, but this was like 1998 or 99, or maybe a little earlier, 97. It's going to look bad now. There's no way around that. Hey, I'm with you. I'm very glad it's there. Having songs in the middle of movies is something we never see anymore. It was in Ghostbusters. It was in Star Wars. It was in um, uh, Indiana. One of the Indiana Jones. Like I really like that music in a movie that's not a musical. So sure. I think that's great. But I still get to shit on it for being so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those things. You know, just like the fact that the prequels exist, I don't really care about the spe- I mean, what I, the point I'm trying to make is I my opinion on all this stuff is not in line with the average Star Wars fan. I don't think all the special edition changes are great. Uh, they don't age very well, just like the CGI in The Phantom Menace doesn't age very well. But... You know, that's, that's just kind of a product of the time. And I'm not really going to fault the producer, the people who created this for that technology, because you could argue that the stuff we have today, like CGI Grand Moff Tarkin, that looked insanely realistic almost, um, we wouldn't have those things if that Gunite didn't exist. Clip didn't exist. And then in sure. the future, when we're able to wear flesh suits and look like whatever we want. <laughs> Um, we'll have George Lucas people, to thank. Yeah, people I mean, will be making fun of this. The, the, I know it would have happened anyway, but the whole reason that most movie theaters now uh, project digitally is because of George Lucas's movies. Yeah, Attack of the Clones specifically, because right. that was the first all, all digital. digital. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That was weird how we did that one in stereo. <laughs> All digital. In stereo. All digital. Okay. So Ula um, gets sent into the pit by Jabba the Hutt because she won't do what he wants. And she gets eaten by a creature that we're introduced to. That's important for the, rancor. the next few um, scenes. So we have uh, Leia pretending to be... What's her the name? Bausch. Bush? Bausch. I, Bounty, can't, I, I forget. Bounty Hunter Bausch. Yeah. Yo, do. Um, come in with Chewbacca as her prisoner. They sleep out the night, and then she comes in the night to try to uncarbonize. Uncarbonite? Basically thaw out from thaw, carbonite. Yeah, thaw out um, Han Solo, who's been in the corner of the room all bronzed as a... Not not bronzed. Carbonite. Car- carbonated. 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 He was carbonated. He was carbonated. <laughs> I feel like I've been a soda. <laughs> I can't see. There's so many bubbles in my eyes. Um, that's my hand solo, everybody. Amazing. Uh, you sound just like Harrison it. Ford. <laughs> I thought Harrison Ford was in the room. Um, you sounded like Harrison Ford might sound in 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> so I really look, I love a strong female character in any movie, but this is 1983, right? Yes. I mean, she she's so badass in all these movies. And she comes in here to save Han Solo, defrosts him. Um, and I like I like that she's talking to him in the mask still as yeah. he's, like, coming to. Your eyesight will return you in must, time. You must be quiet. Be quiet. She's um, not Elliot from the end of E.T. <laughs> no, 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 no. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Um, and then the surprise, we, the curtain I know that opens laugh. up and it's Jabba the Hutt followed by, um, <laughs> Gremlin yep. and C-3PO being, going, oh, being C-3PO. Right. So that's neat. And then, um, <laughs> what, I got some notes about this. It amuses me how easy it is to uncarbonate Han Solo. Like there's like a little, just a little thing there that's just like, doot, 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 doot. all right, uncarbonate. Well, the the carbon freezing chamber was to transport gas. That's that's kind of how it's loosely explained, but essentially mm. they put a gas into the vat. A carbon layer basically is frozen around it, and then it's transported. So it's it's meant to have. A way to undo the carbonite on the side. So I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it's just a way to transport gas yeah. in like a okay. Because they mine gas at Cloud City, which is why they have that facility. Oh, okay. That's, how they, that makes that's sense. how they transport it off world. Of course, it makes no sense how. I mean, they could. I mean, honestly, survived it. But, they could just know. put the shit in a tank and yeah. you know, fly it places. But no, no, no. You need to first. <laughs> and you're also like, did they really need to do that to Hoxalu? I mean, they could have just put him in handcuffs. Handcuffs but. can't hold Han Solo. <laughs> um, what's the little blue elephant called? Because Max Rebo. I got a cute boner bad for those things. They're That's a creepy, adorable. creepy way to put it. But uh, but they he, are cute, yes. It was just him. Yeah. yeah I he's, mean, he's the band leader. It's the Max Rebo band. Cutest little thing in the world. Well, I love his little his little snout that moves right. while he plays. It's like the one part of his body other yeah. than the arms that moves. His snout is just going everywhere. So good. So it's who do you awesome like? Keyboard. Who do you like better, Figrin Deanne or the Max Rebo band? In a battle of the bands. Ooh, so they're both on Tatooine, yeah, right? Sure. So that's interesting. Good bands on Tatooine. 
It's like the Austin of uh, <laughs> Keep the Tatooine rim. weird. <laughs> I'm not sure that I have a Keep Tatooine dry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that I like one better than the other, but I will say of all the instruments played, the weird kind of like oboe thing that they blow into that's like that each band has is pretty amazing. Like the little like horn oboe thing. Yeah. Pretty cool. I can see that. Luke Skywalker comes. I just got to say, I'm Max Rebo band all the way. Yeah, I am too. Okay. <laughs> if only for Max Rebo. Right. Because I don't want to be racist, but I cannot tell. Those, what are they called? What's their species? Uh, they're fucking freaky looking. Is all they look like the Ood from uh, Doctor Who? And, yeah, um, I think it would be more of a speciesist, and I and I think that that's okay. It's okay to be a xenophobe in this case because they are kind of creepy looking. Damn they're it! What are they? It starts looking. with a B, I think. I have no idea. I know, all I know is they play jizz music. Yeah, that's true. We've learned that. Speaking of Luke Skywalker comes, so Luke Skywalker <laughs> shows up on the scene, and he's a basic, whole new Luke. He's basically like, "Look, Jabba." These are good people. I'm good people. There's a war going on. Which side do you want to be on? I mean, that's what's happening, right? Yeah. And then Jabba's like, mm, I don't care. Here, I'm going to throw you into the pit and you can find a monster. And, you know, Luke is totally different in this scene. Remember when we first watched A New Hope and you talked about how whiny Luke no, is? No, he's a badass. He's an all-around badass. Right. Like, I don't know how. And you can see everything from, you know, his clothing being, you know, he's wearing all black clothing. It looks cool. He's swole. He's, <laughs> he's recovered from his motorcycle accident or he's whatever. Not, he doesn't smile. Yeah, and he's just very confident and you know just lays it out there for Jabba. He's like, you're going to die if you don't uh, mm-hmm. take my offer. So let's talk a little bit about this fight between, um, what, what's the thing called? A the Rancor. Rancor. All right. The Rancor. Okay, and at this point also, Leia is in a weird Bikini, right? And he, right. she's the sex slave, or sorry, yeah, love I mean, slave. I pretty much. Know. That's yeah. So I guess he, it makes sense that he keeps bikinis around. Um, <laughs> he because is a it's big Java. gross slug. Well, yeah. Um, and it's such like a memorable scene, such a memorable outfit. The hairdo. <laughs> I'm talking about job, of course. Uh, no, but the outfit of Leia. Um, that I I had like a grander, bigger memory. Of this than it actually was like, uh, cause when I was rewatching it, I thought, I thought that I was, it was going to be more like hypersexualized or like more inappropriate, but it didn't feel like that at all. It just, it made sense in context. I'll tell you what though. Salacious crumb as she's laying there at one point just starts looking up and down at her thigh. He's, he's just, you can't see me what I'm doing right now, but there's the scene where salacious crumb is just watching her leg. It's like staring at it. He's a creeper. He's oh, there's a bunch of creepers. His teeth. Ugh. So he, um, Luke bones this. Uh, he does bone it. That's he, true. He like takes a what looks to be like a large femur, yeah. and just shoves it into oh, this thing. I thought mouth. you meant he boned it, as in he fell into the pit in the first place. He um, boned his whole plan. He right. didn't look so confident anymore. Well, I mean, he. It's not like he, when he fell. It's not like he wasn't doing anything. So he was using his force to grab his um, lightsaber. The pistol. He no, was, pistol. He was pulling a pistol so, on somebody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, he was doing a lot of stuff before he fell in. So I thought that that was, a, that, that was explainable. I was there's, a, that. there's a scene in, I'm pretty sure it's in the Darth Vader comic where Vader um, goes to Jabba. It's a similar kind of thing. And Jabba tries to pull that on him. And Vader, I don't remember what happens. Vader just sees it or if he just floats there or something, but... You know. And he didn't kill Jabba. Hmm. Nah, he needed Jabba. 
Jabba's a very powerful outer rim player, and the Empire doesn't have a whole lot of sway, especially early on. And yeah. plus, he needed something kept off the grid away from the Empire, so he did. Yeah. Uh, the battle was pretty short between this. What was the monster thing called again? I've Rancor. 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 Think about personal the quality of, yeah, of having Rancor. Um, personify it. But it was cool to see like Luke all badass fighting without like a lightsaber. Plus it's a great monster. It's yeah. a pretty neat monster. And I like that once the monster's defeated, like the monster's keeper like comes in really upset. It's like Rancor! No! Uh, come on, come on. Right. <laughs> Just don't say words. Just look sad. Go, 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 go. But regardless, he doesn't get out. He's recaptured now that he was never captured. And then all of a sudden, we're on two pirate boats. Um, sail barges. Two three. S- three pirate boats. Three? Skip. Well, it's one sail barge and three skiffs. Oh. Okay. Four. Ah, 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 ah. Four. Four pirate boats. I'm the count paper here. Um, <laughs> and I really like the idea of having pirate ships over sand. Like, it just, it, it matched the, um, it matched how they do it on Tatooine. It just, it felt right. Yeah. You know, it was super cool. So on the main barge, we have Jabba the Hutt um, and Leia and C-3PO. And R2. And R2 being a uh, little waiter, yeah, which is. is pretty cute. R2, what are you doing here? I know you're, I can see you're selling drinks. I thought that was a funny <laughs> line. Um, is that little gremlin there? Salacious? Salacious? Yeah, yeah, he's there. Oh, because he's, he's going to get his in the end, quite literally. And then on a side barge, we have... <laughs> quick side barge. Quick side barge here. Skiffs. Uh, we, on the skiff, we have um, all of our heroes. And then isn't at this point someone's... Um, Not all of our heroes. Leia's still on the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing. All of our other heroes. At this point, don't we have someone hidden? Like, what's his name? So, no, so we have already seen him a couple times. We have? When okay. Lando... Yeah, what is Lando? Was- we see we see Lando whenever uh, uh, Leia sells the Wookiee or Chewbacca to to Va- to uh, to Jabba. We see that, but he pulls the mask down a little bit, so you can see that it's Lando kind of in disguise. And then there's also a really notable scene whenever the whenever Jabba's, uh, I guess, die is that what it would be? When Jabba's die. When his die gets rolled over the the pit, so that he can look oh, down so, into to, yeah, where, yeah, yeah. to where he looked down and uh, where Luke is with the rancor, we see uh, Lando come up and pull the die forward, and he looks right at Leia, and he's like, "Hey, <laughs> I got you." So we, as the viewer, and they know he's there, but Jabba does not. Yeah, he's right. he's on the skiff. Okay, so he's on the skiff with Luke, Han Solo, Chewbacca. Uh, anyone else? No, no. Uh, just just various uh, other aliens. Um, and Nick toes. really like this scene where Luke is like, look, Jabba, I'm going to give you one more chance. I'm going to give you, give you one more chance. And Jabba's like, mm, get into this pit of the sandworm from Beetlejuice. There are so many. There's such good dialogue on the skiff from uh, initially when we see it roll out with with Han and, and Luke talking to each other. I think my eyesight must be getting better. Instead of a big dark blur, everything's a big bright blur. Oh, yeah. And then you'll <laughs> die here, Luke. He is like, he says something to the effect of, uh, they talk about how he's back here or something. There's, it says, you, you know, Han says that he's like, you're not missing much. I was born here, you know. Yeah. You're going to die here, you know. It's yeah. Convenient. 
the dialogue just stay close in this. To, just stay close to Lando. I've taken care of everything. Oh, right. Yeah, that's reassuring. <laughs> yeah. Han is like, where the fuck did you come from? Yeah. And now Lando's here. Because you got to think the last time that Han ran into Lando, he right. literally sold him out. <laughs> right. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what made um, Han Solo saving him um, surprising to me. But good, you know. Um, so anyways, Luke is talking smack to Jabba. Jabba's like, whatever, you're about to be eaten by this Sarlacc. Sarlacc. Did you watch both versions of the Sarlacc? I didn't. Tell me about the two versions. So it's basically one has a beak and one doesn't. Right. The, mm. There's a head on the special edition that comes out and snaps at things. The other one um, is just tentacles that come out of It makes a very head. non-threatening sound. It sounds like an old parrot. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's like a... It's a not... Really, like, for something that big, you would think it would have this booming, sure, yeah. intense And sound. apparently there aren't a lot of these things, because this thing is called the Great Pit of Carcoon, right? Well, yeah. So uh, the creatures themselves, I guess... I don't know. I'm sure there's a whole mythos to them. That, this is just an extra it. old Sarlacc. Right. This is, this is a great Sarlacc pit, essentially. And this, this particular Sarlacc, the great pit of Carcoon is, is Jabba's personal, like, pig farm, basically, where yeah. a gangster feeds people to pigs. Sure, sure, sure. So that's why it's great is because it's being fed uh, very often. I can't assume a lot of things are walking out there. I, I, so I bet you that, um, Sarlaccs are actually, not that bad. They usually just eat bugs. <laughs> They're in there, lizards. And then from a very young age, Jabba has been feeding this one sarlacc. sarlacc. And it kept getting bigger and bigger. And they <laughs> kind of like... They dug in a nice big pit of carcoon. Yeah. And then now that's why it's the great, pig, great pit of carcoon. Uh, you also... Uh, we, we didn't mention the fact that the real torturous part of this this particular like execution... Is that Sarlaccs digest things over thousands of years? They don't digest things in a like a three to six hour period like a mammal would. It's uh, thousands of years. So you just go down there and slowly the stomach acid begins to eat away. I mean, you die of old age probably before you actually get digested or hunger. Yeah, or sure. Probably there's probably not a lot of air yeah, inside of Sarlacc. You probably die pretty quick. Um, but and just you can knowing, slowly digested. But just knowing that. Your soul will never be at rest. Luke Luke also <laughs> maintains his his cocksuredness throughout this entire piece. Like, yeah, okay, all right. Well, I fell into a hole. I didn't see that coming. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I killed one the monster. One for me, Jabba. Okay. I, I killed the monster. Great. All right, I did that. So now we're back out here, and he's got the whole line about stay close to Lando. Uh, and then he says, uh, you know, you, to your, your point a moment ago with, with Jabba, you know, this is your last chance. Free us or die. <laughs> Like, Java's thinking, like, this fucking moron, like, right. I'm just going to free you or you're going to kill me somehow? The balls on this kid. What are balls? I don't know. And then uh, our the R2 unit shoots up the uh, lightsaber, and then there's a little flippity flip, and Panic we're ensues. on. Well, and it's a huge deal because we'd never seen a green lightsaber before. First off, no one thinks he has a lightsaber because he lost it in Cloud City. This is the first time we've seen a lightsaber in this movie, and it's green. I mean, like this blew my mind. Like this was huge, and he built it. He apparently. built it, yeah. Right? If, yeah. If you think about like that's kind of a signal of how much training he has been doing, that he has now built his own lightsaber. I mean, if you've watched all the other, you know, like Clone Wars. Well, that's why I stuff. thought that there were more, there was more space between the two movies because I would assume that learning how to build his lightsaber would take a little bit. I think they kind of trunk. I think he's on a fast track. Mm. Yeah, there's a there's deleted. He's getting scenes. a post baccalaureate sort of online Jedi training. He went to Phoenix. <laughs> I'm a Phoenix. 
he went he went straight to his CCNT. He uh, right. but there's a there's a deleted scene where he is reading through. Uh, he's in uh, Old Ben's hut, and he's reading through journals that Obi Wan kept while he was in exile, basically. And it's you you get the sense that a lot of the training he's been doing has been reading the notes of Obi Wan. Um, and that's how he built the lightsaber. And that's why his lightsaber, his second lightsaber looks very, very close in aesthetics to uh, Obi-Wan's blade. A lot of things happen in this fight scene. Yeah. Boba Fett, we'll start with him. He just shoots out of the main barge to go help the fight. Um, long story short, he ends up just getting eaten. I mean, there is like somewhat of a scuffle, but for the most part, it's an accidental hit by Han Solo that sends him into the pit of Carcoon, in which he just gets Boba devoured. Fett. Yeah. Boba Fett, where? Yeah. Boba Fett. What's but a- he's so badass that he causes Sarlacc mild indigestion. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. It basically burps after it. It's just so it. interesting to to be on the outside looking in for Star Wars for myself. Being Everyone talks about Boba Fett, favorite character. How Boba Fett. Boba Fett, blah, blah, blah. And really... Blah, blah, blah. If, if you were to just see the original movies... He doesn't do anything. I mean, he gets like this huge part in the prequels because of how loved he was. Well, even in the prequels, he's just a little kid. Yeah, but I mean, he, I mean, his father had a bunch of clones. And, like, right. I mean, that that has there's some heritage there. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, all weird and confusing. And um, yeah, it's it's a pretty good fight. The thing that I like the most of this whole scene is Leia choking out Jabba the Hutt. I didn't know that Jabba the Hutt died. Like I don't. I didn't remember that. And knowing that Leia just choked him out, she's like, "Look, man, you're disgusting. I have been sitting in this fucking metal bikini for a couple of days now. No, and you're gonna die. It's just crazy to think that he could choke. He's basically a giant <laughs> neck. He's pretty much a throat. <laughs> you know, he is a throat. Yeah, where, where in that body is his esophagus? It's like under the first chin. Is that where? I, <laughs> I mean, she took a pretty big risk. It might have just been like. Stop. Grabbed her and put her back down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For as big as he is, you you don't get much sense of where his organs be. Or like like how hard would it be to tango and I mean fight a I don't want to think about dancing with a with a hut, but Oh, dancing with the huts like dancing with the stars. That's a nightmare. I'd vote for him. Also, just the how much he grew from a new hope to Return of the Jedi. That's a that's a thing. Um, I don't know. I didn't know that that was a thing. Well, you know, this, in the special edition, where Star Han steps uh, on his tail. Oh yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He seems a lot smaller in that than he yeah, was in right. Return of the Jedi. You're right. Also, he can move. That's been a few years. He could have grown even more. He could have had he, kids. He's man. also really old. When you have kids, he has had kids. When you have kids, you grow. <laughs> you'd be amazed what it does to your body. That sounds like a nightmare. And if we're speaking as men. We should probably just stop. Oh, yeah. No. I was speaking as women, too. Okay. Um, no, I'm not. I have no clue. Nor do I pretend to. But I can tell you that I got fatter. All right. Moving on. Um, so, yeah, there was a pretty awesome fight in the end, right? I mean, is there anything else you want to take from that? It was a really great fight scene. Yeah. Um, uh, everyone blows okay. up. There's really a lot of, lot of murders happen. Uh, Luke gets his hand shot. Yeah, his creepy exposes, Darth Vader hand. Yeah, exposes oh, yeah. the wires. Is so just to remind us, because it will play a part later. Yep. Because hands are important in Star Wars. Always. 
Um, hands and the severing of said hands. So I have these notes that I wrote as I'm watching this, and they sometimes autocorrect and they make better questions. Why do people like Boba uh, Boba's feet so much? Well, he's just <laughs> he's got such pretty feet. Yeah, he was. I think he was kind of just supposed to be another sort of background character in Empire Strikes Back, where you see all the bounty hunters, but people liked him so much. They kind of wrote apart for him in a little more. Yeah, I mean, and he has he has a great outfit. Yeah, that's so, pretty much it. I mean, it, that's all he is in those movies. He's a metal Batman. I mean, it's yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's kind of amazing that they didn't search the robots. That's another note or droids that I have. It's like, oh, you're going to be really close to Jabba the Hutt. We're just going to let you go in there. You could be have a sword in you, but whatever. Jabba's got a little bit of hubris. That's true, and dumb robots. Um. <laughs> Oh, how many people do you think got aroused by the scene of uh, Leia choking Jabba? I've never thought about that somehow, and I don't want to. Okay, we'll move on. So (laughs) fuck you for making me. (laughs) So the next scene is Emperor Palpatine arrives and praises Lord Vader. Vader. Lord Vapor. Lord Bieber. How How many people do you think who vape call themselves Lord Vapor? I hope. I hope none, but it's probably in the hundreds. (laughs) And he basically, this is a very short scene in which he's like, I know you want to see your son. Don't worry. Your son's going to come to you and he's going to be our apprentice. Yep. Um, And the only thing that I wrote was, it's a continuation of the opening scene because it's in that same room, except you see the red um, Sith badass. Well, they're not Sith. Red. uh, Imperial Guards. They're just Royal Guards. Red Royal Guards walk out. Against the black and white and the gray makes it for such a powerful scene. It's it's really cool. I mean, I can't, I was just so taken aback by how different this was from the other films when it came to like how well they were able to describe how big and how ominous the, um, the emperor was. Because physically he's very unimposing. Yeah. I mean, he, I didn't. I was never kind of afraid of him in the prequels. I, I, he just felt like a shitty politician with too much power. And now we see him. Yeah. Like this is what happens when you give a shitty politician all this power. He uh, again, and it's it's a mirror of the scene where we we first see Vader, you know, telling Moff Dirdrod that the Emperor will be arriving. So we get a very gratifying, similar mirrored scene in his actual arrival, which is fantastic. So what would Donald Trump's Sith name be? God. Darth Bigley? Darth Huge. (laughs) Darth Huge. That sounds like one to me. There's something else out there. The best Darth. (laughs) Yeah. Darth Supreme. A lot of people, they said that Darth Vader was the best Darth, but no, they all did. They all agree now. I'm the best Darth, the, the best Darth there ever was. The Sith, the Boy Scouts, they wrote me. They told <laughs> yeah. me no one's ever seen a better Darth. <laughs> that guy's gonna. I get got impeached. a call from the Delectic. <laughs> uh, the, the Delectic. Anyway, I'm done. Um, did you say thank God? I said fuck that guy. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> He's over. Darth America. Um, Darth Maga. Ooh. Hey, let's go to Dagobah. Sweet. So we meet an aging or an aged Yoda who looks older, 900 years. Um, and Luke came here because he wants to finish his training, which he said he would, and he did. And that's good. I was okay with that. And then Yoda dies. Um, Luke. Luke. Mm. 
know. We, we it's learned- a pretty compelling death scene for a puppet. Yeah, yeah. Best best death scene puppet ever. Best puppet death scene ever. Oh, hands down. There's a lot of. I mean, the whole scene is maybe what less than ten minutes in length, but it, there's so much revealed in this conversation. You know, I'm a Jedi like my father before me, and he says, "No, you have a final trial, and you have to defeat Darth Vader." Um, he asks. He gets confirmation that Vader's his father. He gets told that in order to become a Jedi fully, he must defeat his father. Uh, and then he's also told that there is another Skywalker. That's a lot. Yep. A whole lot. And you got a sister. Well, um, yeah, there's another Skywalker. Um, there is another Skywalker. That's his yeah. final words. There's another Skywalker are his final words. The motherfucker lived for almost a thousand years. <laughs> His deathbed, he said, there's another Skywalker. That's what happens when you eat snakes for like a good 50 years. That's all he had to eat there, man. That's why he, when we first meet him, he's going through all Luke's stuff, trying to find some giblets to chew on. Yeah, he definitely wants that, uh, that Nutri-Grain bar. Definitely. Okay, so then we see Ghost Obi-Wan. Force Ghost Obi-Wan. Ghost Obi-Wan. Who just kind of pouts the whole time. Uh, here's the thing about then being... the Emperor's already won. Yeah. So here's the thing about being a Ghost Obi-Wan. Why the hell are you going to sit down on a log? <laughs> I mean, he it, he does not have to rest. He could stay standing up, and yet he sits on this log. He also apparates from, like, 15 feet away and kind of stumbles through the swamp and He stuff. does. He, like, moves the vine. He's yeah. like, excuse I'm, me. I'm almost here. <laughs> Fucking calm down. I'll be here. <laughs> I thought you were over here. I, I, his, his lines are when so good. When 62 years old, you reach. <laughs> Whatever. Similar to, uh, you gave a really good one. And then the Emperor's already won. Because, you know, Luke is protesting the fact that he has to, to defeat murder his father. His father. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you told me Vader betrayed and murdered my father. And he goes, well, you know, whenever that, whenever that day happened, your father ceased to be the man known as I'm Anakin Skywalker. So you see what I told you was true. From a certain point of view, like what a shitty yeah. thing. And Luke is basically like, <laughs> "Fuck that." From a certain point of view, yeah, and then yeah, Obi Wan just you, like you know whitewashes. The did whole you thing. lie to my dad a bunch? Is that why you went to the dark side? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, Luke, you're going to find that a lot of something something depends on your point of view, and it's like I think you're just lying to me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you just lied to me. Oh, Luke, remember facts. Alternative facts. <laughs> Don't uh, don't feel any emotions because that's the dark side stuff. Thanks, Yoda. Well, that's why I'm really hoping we get an Obi Wan uh, story movie because I really want. To, I mean, because a lot of things have happened that have shaped Obi Wan's viewpoint at the time that he says. I mean, clearly it wasn't a a thing like oh Darth Vader murdered your father. Like that wasn't something he came up with on the spot to spare the boy his feelings. He knew that at some point he would be taking Luke into his care and would be instructing him in the ways of the Force so that he could he could restore order to things, which is a lot for a kid. So I think at the very least, you you don't want to be like, oh, also, your father is the sole reason the galaxy is in such shitty turmoil right now. But that's okay. You'll fix it. <laughs> so let's do a quick, a little bit of a fast forward um, and say that Luke, Han Solo, Chewbacca, who else is on the ship to the Force Moon of Endor? Leia, is that everyone on there? Oh, C-3PO. And R2. And R2. So, so are we skipping forward to they've, like, they're doing the fi- the attack? Yeah. So, so no no Admiral Akbar. This is, well, I didn't say this is a trap, but. 
He will later. He will later. Well, he, so, you know, there, there are other... Where, no, no, many poppins die to bring us this information. Let's just skip to the actual... The, the fight. Okay. And and know that a bunch of stuff happened that was kind of entertaining and explains why we're going to the Force Moon of Endor. But it's basically because... You can see how... We can remove the... Uh, that we can remove the shield that's around the Death Star if they blow something up on the Force Moon of Endor. And then we can get in, uh, because that's not finished yet, even though they're going to be patching the exhaust port that we used to exploit the first Death Star around, since they're going to not have that, we have to get at this thing while it's still under construction, and we yep. can actually fly into the core of it, destroy it, and fly back out. Yep. And I love that Lando kind of half-volunteers himself, and they give this dude... The best fucking outfit I've ever seen a rebel soldier get. I don't know, like, what Taylor was on duty that Dude, day. Lando? Yeah. Lando's always got the best like, he's like, he's like, I want a cream and lavender, uh, general's outfit. It's gotta have a fucking cloak though. All <laughs> yeah, right. I like cloaks a lot. <laughs> Lando great. is always the best dressed. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So as they're about to land on the moon, they've kind of got a trick, um, the, Death Star and letting them land there, right? right? And they have an old code. But the thing is, is that Darth Vader can tell that Luke is there, and Luke can tell that Darth Vader knows that he's there. Um, but they they let him land on the moon because, as we find out later, this is all a trap. Yeah. So boom, they're on the they're on this forced moon of Endor. Um, I can't believe I remember that. I don't remember the name of any of these planets. Forest Moon of Endor. Well, they say Forest Moon and Endor and the two together a lot. Yeah. Um, and we're inter- Wait, no, I don't want to skip ahead because I have to say that speed bikes are fucking awesome. Yeah, they're speed one of speed bikes are so cool. Speed bikes are probably one of the coolest things, and chief among their characteristics of coolness is the sound they make whenever you accelerate. They're amazing. Woo! Every sound they make. That was really good. <laughs> That was well done. I can't even tell how you really like move them around, how they work. Doesn't make any sense. They got like fins or sails on them. Holy shit, they're awesome. Also, how the hell is Leia gonna like fall off of one and not die? They look like they're going real fast. (laughs) Yeah, you should see the footage of how they filmed the you know the the uh, the point of view shots where they're basically just going through the redwood forest Mm -hmm. really fast. That looked like it was such a pain in the ass to do because they you know, moved the camera ever so slightly on a track. Uh, just look it up, and it's it's very meticulous. Oh, that's cool. Basically, there's a fight between some stormtroopers and them on these bad- Scout troopers. Scout troopers on yeah. these badass motorcycles afloat. And um, Leia has to jump off and gets marooned um, on a log. And Luke goes back to the group, and then Leia is woken up by an Ewok, which is holding Yub a spear, nub. and she couldn't give a shit less. She's like, "What? What is this little teddy bear going to poke me? I don't care." I would have, I would be a little concerned because I'm at a planet that I don't know anything about, and there's like a small bear with a spear. I don't know. I'd be a little concerned. Nope, not Leia. Instead, she's like, "You want to eat some of this granola bar?" <laughs> It's a hat. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what happens next? They get captured somehow. Oh, there's like a net, right? No, 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 no. Easy, easy, easy. What happens is, is uh, I, there's the scene where Wicket jumps off the log after he's eating a little granola bar and he's That's holding the a little helmet. The, Wicket, the uh, played by Warwick Davis. Okay. Everyone's he's favorite like 12 person. Old yeah, at the time. Super small. Um, in age, I mean. 
always super small in, in uh, stature. But so he he rolls under this log, and she's like, "What the fuck? Like where where are you going?" And then a uh, breeze, don't move. And there's a like a scout basically with a gun on her, and so she puts her hands up, and then <laughs> Wicked hits this guy in the leg with like the not even stabs him, just hits him in the side of his leg with a spear, which gives Leia enough leverage to shoot him, and then shoot the guy who's going to tell base essentially. Oh, so then she and Wicked uh, he leads her, and you know. <laughs> waves are over. Like waves are over to come join him at the Ewok village, and then we switch to Luke, or to Luke, who has walked back and finds Han and Chewie, and says, "You know, where's Leia? I thought she was with you. Uh, we got to go find her." They go on a a, a journey, uh, and then Chewie finds like a moose head connected to what's a trap, essentially. And then we find out the C three PO is apparently a god. For the Ewoks. He, yeah, he resembles some kind of a deity that they, they worship. Uh, How cool would it be? I never live? said I was a golden god. <laughs> I didn't ask for this. Um, how cool is would living in a bunch of badass um, tree village be? Tree huts? Like tree, tree huts. houses, basically? Pretty awesome, right? Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Um, but they eat humans, which that was interesting to well, find out that Ewoks yeah. would eat you. Well, so, so here's, here's the thing, right? So we've got Leia, who's immediately befriended by one of the Ewoks, and they're like, yeah, come on, yeah, come on back. And she gets there, and the rest of the Ewoks come meet her. <laughs> come on back now. The rest of the Ewoks meet her, and they're like, oh, Wicked, I see that you found this woman. Oh, I'll come right over here. We'll have our, uh, our tailor make you some clothes. Because when she shows up in that next scene, she's wearing native clothes. She's wearing stit, like, you know, there are, are visible seams. Uh, you can tell the cloth was hastily stitched together. It fits her perfectly, mm-hmm. and she's let all of her hair down. So either A, she came prepared with very earthy clothes that we've never seen in any of the films before, or these Ewoks in the span of just a few hours loved her so much that they asked her to get nude in their huts and gave her brand new clothes. Which would be surprising since they don't wear clothes. Right. They just wear sacks on their heads. Yeah, so how is a how is an Ewok tailor who just makes head sacks with ear holes all day long? <laughs> <laughs> For some reason I can't not think of like that uh Cinderella uh moment where all of the like rats get together. It's like Cinderella, Cinderella and they like are oh, stitching yeah. together the yeah, dress yeah. for Cinderella. Like sure. that's what it was for her and the Ewoks. They they, just, they were just like, look, take all your clothes off, and we'll sing a song and garb you in these earth tones. <laughs> Why don't you have any hair on your body? Oh, here we'll put something on you. <laughs> this is disgusting. Um, <laughs> you look like a mole rat. <laughs> also, the hats that they go that they're wearing um, on the way to Endor make no sense to me. Like, all, all of a sudden, they're on Endor and they have like these weird like military hats with like sh- like turtle shell tops. Yeah, they're like soldier helmets. Yeah, I don't know. With just more weird hats. I would read a book about Star Wars hats. I'm just saying, <laughs> Star Wars hats. That's, that's the title too. <laughs> Star Wars hats. Yeah, <laughs> hat <I> w- wars. <laughs> Hat Wars. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. No, that's not funny. I was going to say, if you feed an Ewok after 12, no. <laughs> Just there's an Ewok later on. Uh, the scared baby Ewok is adorable. So the the story that C-3PO is telling. Well, first, the guys get rescued because oh, es- yeah, yeah, essentially yeah. 3PO has tried very unsuccessfully to convince his followers that they need to let these people go. But they see them as profane, I guess, in, you know, that they were escorting this god around. And so they, I guess they, in a way, they feel like they're taking their god back. 
right? So he's in a chair. They're saying that in his honor, they're going to make a feast of these people. Leia shows up and she's like, these people look just like me. And they're like, well, you people look the same. We're going to eat those ones and keep this one alive for no reason. So it's kind of strange, but there's this amazing scene where Luke, who is over the fire, essentially, he's on a spit, like tied up. He lifts 3PO and moves him around so that the Ewoks will listen to him and say, you know, listen, I will do all kinds of magic shit if you don't let these people go. So eventually they let them go. And then uh, Wicket and R2-D2 instantly become friends. And then C-3PO tells the story and over the fire. Yeah, of everything they've done of so far. everything that they have done. And holy shit, that, the sound effects oh, yeah. that he's like recreating. I mean, no, oh, gosh. no wonder the Ewoks end up like deciding to follow them into battle so aggressively. Like they, they, there's like no question is like, this is the reason he walks her here because C-3PO came here and told us this amazing story. I would love to see a cartoon version of star Wars as told to the Ewoks by C-3PO. You know, the weirdest thing about this scene to me is that they're all sitting around telling stories and I'm like, aren't, aren't you in the middle of a battle plan? Like, isn't Lando just kind of in space waiting for you yeah, to oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. lower the shields? Yeah. It's got to give him more time. He's probably making s'mores. It's true. Han, old buddy, don't <laughs> let me down and be taking a nap while having s'mores with bears. <laughs> the way he says all those lines is great. we got to give Han more time. Um, I need a Colt 45. <laughs> so there's, there's kind of like a lot that goes on between now and breaking down the um shield generator the shield generator uh the but, deflector array but for time i think we need to kind of zip through it a Truncate little bit some of it um so there's an amazing scene where so luke leaves because he knows that if he stays there the entire mission is in danger so he he goes to he knows that vader has landed on the moon and so he goes to meet him uh and vader, he surrenders yeah he surrenders vader takes him into his custody and they fly back to the death star yeah so I want to talk about all of the Vader stuff, but I feel like we need to just pile through the shield generator kind of quickly, but really reminded me of a few different scenes that we've seen in star Wars before, but I really like it. The idea of, um, having to disable something to get to your goal kind of happens a few times. Very star video Wars. gamey. Yeah. Very video gamey. Um, but wicket basically, uh, Gets on a speed, whatever. What are those things? No, it's Paplu. Paplu gets on the. Uh... Is that Paplu? Yeah, they all look the same to me. Um, so this guy's racist against Ewoks. Uh, and the Ewok names are so good: Lagre, Chief Chirpa, Paplu. They're great. Dunkelvison. Nope. Jim. So yeah, Jim. <laughs> this little short story is: they basically find a way in to the shield generator. And then we find out that, or, or the, uh, Han Solo and team finds out that it was a trap because more stormtroopers show up. An entire legion of my best. They, troops. Let's say they blow it up. It's not like the most awesome scene, but there is a lot. Although the, the battle is cool. The battle is fantastic. But it really makes cool. you think, man, stormtroopers suck. They couldn't even defeat those bears. Yeah. Although, I mean, like the Ewoks know the forest and have traps set up. I mean, that's to their credit, they do have that. The uh, the, the ATSDs are useless in in this. They place. should not have deployed them there. That was a tactical mistake. That was their Waterloo. <laughs> and or was their Waterloo? Um, <laughs> it's true. 
Talking about Watergate, um, <laughs> not really. So yeah, they end up blowing that up. So let's talk about the cool stuff that's happening, which is like the fight in space and also the interaction between father, son, and Palpatine. Yeah, and let me just say that the the dog fight in space at the end of Return of Jedi might be the best space battle ever filmed. Totally. It's it, it doesn't have a, a, a peer anywhere. It's a trap happens. Yes, that's once what, they find out it's well, a trap. Once they power on the Death Star and they blow up one of the Mon Calamari ships, and which I is what Akbar is. remember it as being very much more Nixon than it was. <laughs> I remember it being like, <laughs> that's how I remember it. It's like, <laughs> I can't do it like with the, headphones on. He doesn't like the Gungan chief. Jaja, you're so stupid. But, so, the, what I want to spend our time talking about, look, it blows up. The shields go down. They end up getting in there. It's a cool scene. It blows up. There's a lot of really great space stuff going on. That's really cool. But the scene that really worked that really worked that I think the prequels always tried to do was the scene between Palpatine, Darth Vader and Luke. Yeah. And watching that probably, it's probably one of the, it's probably the first time that I've watched return of the Jedi after having watched the prequels kind of recently. And you, you know, it really does give you a sense of the culmination of all this right. stuff, the redemption of Anakin Skywalker. Um, but yeah, the, that whole scene where Palpatine is kind of toying with uh, Luke's emotions, and uh, you know, he six Vader on him, and they have this kind of drawn out battle where Luke, you know, is, keeps saying, "I'm not going to fight you. I know there's still good in you." And then he fights him. Yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah, he basically baits him out by revealing he knows about Leia. Sister, yes, sister, and then the way that twin sister, (laughs) the way that um, Luke beats Darth Vader is in like a special. Is apparently a big thing in the Star Wars community. Is called like a Y. What was it called? I I googled it because I didn't know what it was. Y Y Z. No, it's like a certain way that you fight. I have no idea. It's called a form V, which is usually used to, I guess. when people are shooting at you, like deflecting it. Okay. And it's a, it's not like a style of fighting that most people do because it's very high up and it's usually more defensive. But so apparently Luke learned and mastered this, which like most, um, Jedis don't. Uh, and so it, it really differentiates his fighting style from like the rest of the Jedis. I didn't know that about that at all. Um, to me what that scene, you know, Vader, Says, you know, he knows about Luke's sister, and then Luke goes apeshit on him. Yeah. And it's just like whacking away. And, you know, he wears Vader down and he cuts cuts another fucking hand off. This is the last hand that gets removed. So far. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. There will be more Star Warses. Right. Um, So he, he, you know, breaks Vader down, and you hear Vader breathing, you know, poorly through his his mask. Yeah, and then but, uh, you hear you hear the sound that is like etched in my brain because of the Super NES uh, Return of the Jedi game. You hear Palpatine laughing in the yeah. background. That to me, that laugh 
is like as menacing as it as gets. he walks down the steps. Right, and he's that like, scene is awesome, or that shot is awesome. He's this, got, there's the whole window behind him with like the heat, like the the hundreds of panes, the individual you know pieces of glass that make up that 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 viewing like yeah. window. Yeah, and he's just kind of his hands are like like barely outstretched, but he's just walking down. Good, yeah. good, <laughs> great scene. Um, love it that Darth Vader is pretty much just waiting to get killed, which he doesn't. And then the Sith thing. I mean, what they really want you to kill each other. Like, uh, you know, it's like emperors are like, yeah, yeah, you're, you, Luke, you're much better. You should kill your dad. Right. Like, obviously. And then he doesn't. And then lightning to Luke's face. I mean, over and over. Which, you know, that's a thing that if, you know, at the time it came out. Hadn't seen that. I was yeah. like, wait, wait a second. Wait. The Emperor can shoot lightning from yeah, the Yeah. So seeing the prequels, it totally makes sense. But like, if just watching it, you're like, wait a minute. Well, no, you just lightning? think, oh, he's really force ad- Like, this is the culmination of dark side powers. Which comes to my main issue with the battle is that Darth Vader just goes, you know what? Fuck this. And picks up Palpatine. It just like throws him. And I'm like, when I'm watching this, I'm thinking to myself, Emperor Palpatine's weakness this whole time was being picked up. <laughs> like that is what gets him. Well, so surprise, I'm gonna I throw think, you. Well, I think it's that he can't fly and he falls into an exploding reactor. That's true but he's too. got he can fucking shoot lightning. He like, does. He hits. I mean, he shoot. I mean, that's ultimately what kills Vader. It's not necessarily the the wound to his arm, like because it's a mechanical hand. I mean, like right. his suit is damaged and he's he's out of breath. But it's the lightning. I mean, you see Vader's skull through his plasteel armor. Like, you, mm-hmm. I mean, he's getting hit, like, really fucking hard. There's a couple of pieces, though, that I do want to touch on about that fight um, that I, I figured you would mention. But there's the scene where Luke has the high ground. He's like, you know, give it up. It's your death. You know, he was like, well, you know, you'll, you know, meet your destiny or whatever. He's like, fuck that. Like, I've been in this position before. Like, someone's going to stand up on top of me. I'm just going to throw my fucking lightsaber at them. So he throws. Anakin, Anakin knows what's going on. He's like, I've been here before. No, no, I've been no, thinking no. about this since it fucking happened to me. He watches him flip up from like one level to another. And he's standing up there on the, like the, the runners that are the beams that are across the ceiling here. And he's like, no, 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 no. No, 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 not not today, buddy. What is the saying, Listen here, um, young man? What is the saying? Uh, fool me once, <laughs> shame on you. <laughs> fool me twice. He's not letting that go down. But you know, I don't don't oversimplify this. Like Vader, Luke has already begun to get under Vader. I mean, you can tell from the moment that he surrenders himself in, on Endor. You know, he says like, no. I'm a Jedi like my father before me. He's like that name no longer has any meaning for me. Like you can tell that he's getting kind of upset. But you also see, you know, he, he's like, what am I going to do? Like, the Emperor ruined my life 20 years ago, and I'm just going to sit here and watch him murder my son? Like, electrocute my son to death, which he would also have done to me if I was ever weak? He's probably going to kill me now that I've I've failed him. He's like, no, fuck this. Go in this reactor, you piece of shit. So he picks him up and throws him in there. Yeah, I mean, basically, Luke is the only thing that is left of his love, right? Yeah. Luke is the only piece of queen whatever. Pod me, I'm a dollar. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds like a yeah, exactly. The Scat Man, yeah, <laughs> the Scat Man. In I'd love Star to hear Wars. Scat Man John do a Star Wars song. May he rest in peace. Uh, there's, and then of course we get the really great scene 
where, I mean, for all intents and purposes, Luke becomes a Jedi. He drags his father out of the Death Star as it's crumbling and collapsing because the shield generators are, are down and the, the core has been hit. And he drags him up to the, uh, you know, the, the loading ramp to the shuttle. And he takes his, you know, take my mask off just once. Let me look on you with my own eyes. And there's that whole scene where he says, you know, tell your sister you were right. You were right about me. And then we find out it's been Uncle Fester from. <laughs> yeah. For family. as kind of silly as he looks, he, that actor, whoever's, whatever his name is, he plays that super well. I oh, think. yeah. He's also old as shit. I was looking at his Wikipedia page. Yeah. He was born in like 1902 or something. <laughs> Um, he's still alive? No, 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 he's dead. Oh. But, uh, I, I don't know. In that scene, he doesn't look that old. I mean, I know that he's got all the prosthetic on him, but anyway. You already great. have, Luke. You, you already, already have. have. And then he, uh, everyone celebrates, right? Yep. Big parties everywhere, which is a Star Wars thing. I also thought that you would mention, but we glossed over the space battle. I thought that you were going to mention Nia Numb, because I feel like that's a character <laughs> you would really. <laughs> we're talking about the Japanese guy? The, yes, the three toed <laughs> no, Japanese how mouse is he pilot. The Japanese guy? Oh, no, I'm thinking of someone else. No, he's the, he's the three toed mouse pilot that's the co pilot for. Uh, yeah, with the flat face. He's got weird, like, thin gill things. Yeah, yeah, the his... flat, flat half top and then gills under, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 His, like, giant head. his celebratory, um, laugh was weird because <laughs> we have like uh what's his oh. face like being like yeah wow he does a yeehaw and then he's just like uh yeah Landa, Linda, Landa does a yeehaw and he just goes what he looks like what that actor or whatever seems to be expressing is yeah, he's like oh, oh god I was, he's like i wasn't nervous <laughs> <laughs> he held his cool. Also, whenever the Death Star takes its first shot at one of the Mon Calamari cruisers, he goes, oh! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Knee and numb. So why... So A Celestian. I have a real question to ask. So the let's just say there's Celestian. a celebration, and then we see um, that Anakin is now a ghost thing, Force ghost yeah. as well, which I don't really know how I feel. I don't know how the Force stuff works, so sure... I mean, he was a, like a strong Jedi, so I guess it's not about like how good or bad you are. It's really just about how badass you are. You could be a Force ghost, whatever. I, I kind of feel like he should have just died because he was a shitty dude. He's redeemed, though. Eh. He's redeemed. I guess the Force can redeem you, but he hasn't been redeemed to me. Still a <laughs> shitty guy. Um, why does Luke leave to an island after this? What? What? Leave to an island? Well... In, in the next Star Wars... Oh. <laughs> yeah, but it's like 30 fucking years later. I yeah, mean, like... <laughs> lots of things have happened, and we don't know. We do, so we don't know? Okay. Yeah. Well, because no. you see, you know, in The Force Awakens, which are we going to cover that one? Yeah, we'll Maybe. do it. Yeah, okay, yeah. so in The Force Awakens, you get little pieces of what has happened in the, yeah, like almost 30 years, if not more. He went to a, another planet, not the, the island planet, but he goes to a planet that has a Jedi, an old Jedi temple on it, and begins training a new generation of Jedi. Oh. One of his students, Kylo Ren, turns and basically yeah, murders the rest of his students, uh, presumably. And then Luke, feeling that he's failed, goes to seek out the origins of the Jedi to find out why it does not work. Hmm. Okay. Also, the scene of him melting or burning Vader's body in armor is yeah. pretty awesome. Fucking amazing. It's, it's a great movie. So the question I need to ask you guys. How many Star Wars is? is how many Star Wars is do you give this? Did we give Empire ten Star Warses? Or I think no, it was, it's five it's Star Warses. Five. 
Yeah. I'd give this one 4.5 Star Wars. Yeah. It loses five points for the, the ridiculousness of the Ewoks, but it, well, it loses one point for the ridiculousness of the Ewoks, but then for the awesomeness of the Ewoks, it gains back half a point. So to me, the, I guess the only problem maybe I have is not really a problem, but the, the third act of this movie is like half the movie. Yes. When, when they assault the Death Star, that's a long series of events. It's, you know, three different, uh, Narratives. There's Luke and the Empire, or the Emperor and Vader, and then you've also got the space battle, and you've also got Endor. It, it kind of slows down the pace in a way because there's so much going on. It feels like a scene that takes, or an act, I guess, that takes forever. So it makes it, 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 the pacing is not the best, but I still think that overall the movie's great, and I love the way it ties everything together. Um, I've long said that Empire is my favorite story, but Jedi is my favorite movie. Okay, yeah, I can, I get that. Yeah, I, I, I'll give this easy four. Yeah, okay. All right, before we wrap this up, I got a quick brain teaser. I'm going to ask you a Star Wars game. I'm going to game you a Star Wars. I'm going to Star Wars game you really quickly. <laughs> Were any of those the right one? <laughs> this is a little game called Ewok or Wookiee. Where I'm going to give you a scenario and you tell me. Ewok or Wookiee. On, on, do that again. On, Ewok or Wookiee. All right, let's do it one more time. Ewok. Ewok or Wookiee. Ewok and Wookiee. All right, so, um, you. Just don't edit that at all. Just leave all of it. I will. You tell me who could do it better. Ewok or Wookiee. Easy game. And we'll start with a few quick ones that are that that are easy, right? Get the dollar box off the top of the refrigerator. Spear throwing, Wookie. Way Ewok. more range. No, no an Ewok. An Ewok couldn't possibly throw a spear further than five feet. Uh, look, they they're tiny. They have tiny spears. Yeah, but they can't throw them very far. Disagree. Wookie has crazy long arm. Uh, yeah, range. but we don't know. We've never seen. No, no way. Do we feel like one of the species has developed an atlatl where the other one hasn't? <laughs> Basketball. Wookie. Climbing. Well, um, I mean, the Ewoks live in trees, and I guess the the Wookiees do too. I mean, that's tough. Yeah. I'd say they're both probably pretty good at climbing. I'm going to go Ewoks since they build, like, things all the way up trees. Someone's had so to do up there. Wookiees live in a similar kind of... Yeah, but not as, like, range. high up, right? I don't know. I can't Well, I don't the think the trees from... on, on Kashyyyk are... Uh, they're not California redwoods. Yeah, they're not redwoods. <laughs> Hugging. Ewoks. Ewok, man. Well, oh. what, who would I prefer to hug? An Ewok. Yeah. Who's probably real. better at doing it? Maybe a Wookiee. Chess player. Hmm. Well, I mean, Wookiee. Maybe. Gotta let him win. Yeah. That's well. I'm not afraid of an Ewok unless it has weapons. All right. Let's get a little harder here. <laughs> okay. Au pair. <laughs> An au pair, which is like <laughs> someone who helps take care of your child after you give birth to it. Probably an Ewok. Yeah, probably. They, make, they look like they'd make better midwives. Yeah. <laughs> um, a chef. Um, probably an Ewok, honestly. They look like they make a better stew. Mm. With humans in it. <laughs> yeah, right. Both, I feel like, would be basic barbecuers. So, <laughs> I think, you know, hairstylist. Well, they braided the shit out of Leia's hair, so I gotta go with uh, Ewoks on this one. Singer? 
Wookies because they've got that like yeah. I love kind of like Wookie opera, kind of like those monks that can hit uh, those real low notes. Uh, you know what I'm talk- talking about? You're either talking about throat singing, yes, Tuvian, Tuvian yeah. throat singing, yeah, Chewbaccaian throat sort singing. All right, not Wookie th- throat singing. <laughs> Very Wookie, good, Wookiean throat singing. Wookie <laughs> storytellers. Hmm. I can't understand either one of them. So I like, but I like. I like the, I, it's very pleasant for me to hear the the Ewoks talk to each yeah, other. Yeah, I'd rather listen to an Ewok speak. I think. I think that Ewoks probably have like a richer community of telling stories. At least that's what I got from Maybe. Episode Six. Uh, dancers, <laughs> easy. You see how weird uh, Chewie looks at the end of Return of the Jedi trying to get down? The, the Ewoks are killing that shit. <laughs> fucking Logre jumping up and touching his fucking toes and shit. Like. <laughs> Massage therapist. Um, Wookies, they're so much stronger. Wookie, yeah, yeah, but Ewoks but got them little. They Ewok get in crevices. Just, an Ewok could just stand on you and sort of walk up and down yeah, your back. That, that might feel nice. Good. That does sound nice. Um, <laughs> golfing. Oh, Wookie, Wookie, yeah, way more power behind their swing they, for the exact same reason as the spear. <laughs> I think that Ewoks might have better form. They're just not big enough. But they're little and round. Like, how do they even swing? Yeah. <laughs> watch, okay, watch it again when Leia picks up Wicket, puts him on the ground, and he leads her off. They could barely walk. No, that's true. They waddle <laughs> everywhere like penguins. Could just be bad actors. Um, stylist. What kind of stylist? You already did hairstylist. Yeah, you know, like someone who would pick up, like, a like They made Leia's clothes. None, none of them wear clothes. Well, stylist is, you know, All right. I'm playing I mean, fast Ch- and Chewbacca's loose Chewbacca's got pretty fresh style with his bandolero <laughs> and his pouch. He's got his little man bag. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I'm going to go with Ewoks. Crossbow. They made her outfit quick. Well, and it looked true. all right. Yeah. Um, best friend. Ewok. Uh, well, I mean, Wookiees have a life debt, though. I mean, that, how much best friend more do you get than that? I'm gonna go. I gotta did go you, with Wookie. On did this you one. hear? Did you hear Chewbacca scream when Han Solo gets cut? That's why I'm I saying mean, like, that's. I if I was gonna have one as a friend, I'd rather be an Ewok because they're so adorable. But, but I feel like Wookie. Like yeah. once you go Wookie, you never go back. I, <laughs> Which comes to my last question: Sexual partner? Please don't say that. <laughs> lover, lover. Oh, Jesus, Christ. not sexual partner. Lover. <laughs> it's different. Like I could it, go have one encompasses the other. No, 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 no. I could have many Ewok sexual partners. I could have many Wookiee lovers. But when it comes down to it, like... I'm just going to leave. <laughs> like, who who is going to make love to your body and soul better? I mean... I refuse to answer this. Okay, have we ever seen a female Wookiee? Well, in the yeah. Christmas special. Right. I mean, I, I'd certainly rather, you know, uh, Wookiees are a little more humanoid. Yeah, yeah look, they've got to be able to, like, really understand who you are. Like, get to know you, ask questions, like, be engaging. They also... You can have a weird kind of relationship with a Wookiee. The Ewoks all seem like children. I mean, they're... And they are they have a kind of aboriginal... I don't know. I feel like you could you could have more of a I feel like I could, I could kiss them. a Wookiee better than I could kiss an Ewok. Uh, I refuse to answer this question. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're hairy... They're hairy people. I mean, if you love someone, you'd look past all of... Her. I would I would climb on top of the Darth Vader uh, funeral pyre before I would choose between <laughs> those two things. What was Chewbacca's wife's name or whatever in... Uh, or was that his sister? I don't it, was, it was his wife. Um, okay. Nula? Something like yeah, that? I, ooh, yeah. Right I in the Nula Umblegata. <laughs> anyway. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to just uh, Opt out. bow out of yeah, that yeah. one. I think if if... An alien species from Star Wars, if I was like, 
just not into humans. Uh, Twi'lek, maybe. Yeah, Twi'lek for sure. Twi'lek. Is that like I mean, Admiral Akbar? No, that's Mon Calamari. That would be the last one. <laughs> <laughs> After Ewok and <laughs> oh and no, Bucky. Ewok is. Have you seen some of the fucking aliens? And uh, um, what's the one with the big fin head? Uh, uh, the, the, you see them in Mon in Moss Eisley. They're very large. They have oh, stock. Uh, they're um, it's Hammerhead is the guy's yeah, name. Yeah, uh, what but... is he? That's probably one of the freakier look. Also, oh, Rodians. I would not. I couldn't even look at a Rodian in the face. Uh, they're terrifying. The figure and Deanne in the modal nodes. They're oh, Bith. yeah, no Bith. Well, I wasn't talking about. Okay, no, I know, but Bith. Is, it. I, it, it just came to me. Yeah, those are all the last ones. A Twi'lek, fine. Yeah. Uh, look at the question I asked you and how far you went into. Well, it. I mean, here we are. <laughs> here we are. You, I, we didn't hear about a golf in those devil women. I would definitely have sex with those devil women with the horns the and shit devil. like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All what right. Is, what is um. <laughs> Uh, Ahsoka, what's her species? Oh, uh, I can't remember, but yeah. The, very, the ones in the movie are kind of freaky looking, but... The, the adult ones are freaky looking, but as like a teenager, she looks all right. Which is a cartoon. Hey guys, yeah, well. thank you so much for entertaining my strange <laughs> questions and talking about Star Wars. Um, I didn't ever think I would watch Star Wars again because I didn't really care. And now I've watched six films with you guys. And uh, I've enjoyed talking about it. So hopefully we can do some of the newer films as we move forward. But we watched all of them, and you explained to me things that I didn't understand about Star Wars. And, and I think I really do appreciate the movies a lot more than I did before. Before, it was like, yeah, it's Star Wars. It's a classic movie because it, it pushed the envelope in the genre. But the kind of rich tapestry of in history that is kind of in the prequels that I totally ignored and how it's changed how I watched the older movies is pretty pretty amazing so I, I appreciate your insight to that and uh, thanks for talking to me about Star Wars so until next time that was like just from after he's on the ceiling I was wondering where that was going to come from I just want to tell all of you out there to watch a fucking, a fucking Star Wars alright guys <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.